This is Amplify, a podcast for people that want to crush life by learning from the minds of high performers. So take a deep breath in and get ready to become more, live more, and give more. Welcome to the Amplify podcast. Today's guest is Laura Shapiro. And now, Laura is the, correct me if I'm wrong, Laura, the administration general the director of admissions there it is the director of admissions for clear sky retreats which is a detox center in cancun mexico and what they what they do this is incredible okay so listen up everyone what they do is people go to this detox center that have chronic drug like deep heavy drug addiction and alcohol addictions and they take um a medicine I'm again, if you've never heard of it, you're going to have to be glued to this podcast because Laura is an expert in this subject. Welcome to the podcast, Laura. Thanks, Joel. Thanks for having me. So let's get into you, Laura. Before we get into Clear Skies, I've again, the plant and, and what you do, let's talk about you. Tell, um, tell me about your life growing up, where it started, because I addict at some stage uh, heavily and so tell me about that where did that start well I grew up in the Philadelphia area um, in the USA and drugs were really rampant there um, at a young age I started experimenting with different substances um, I think the first time I tried heroin was 11 years old um, holy shit so So, so how, what happened next? Like 11 year old, taking heroin, getting addicted, I, I presume. How did that play out for the years you know, of your life? Well, I don't think I got addicted at 11. I think maybe at like uh, 14, I started experimenting with it a little bit more. Um, and then it kind of just, it was a snowball effect over the years where I started to do it more and more. And, you know, by the time I was 18, my life was totally unmanageable. And I tried for years getting clean. I had been through like 15, 20 different treatment centers. I was pretty much an epic failure in it all. Wow. And I mean, when did just tell me your age when you came clean? How old were you when you caught, you know, when you really came clean? I got clean at 27. So actually, March 3rd was my ninth year clean. Okay. 
So between 27 and let's say 14, when you really got into it, I mean, that's not a normal life. What what did life look like for you? A lot of people listening to this, I want to say live relatively um, normal lives. Like they, they have jobs. They probably don't take lots of drugs, especially like heroin. And tell me about what life was like living on, on that side of this. Well, I mean, initially my addiction was mainly because it's you know prescribed it's prescription so it's much easier to get i didn't actually start like really jumping heavily into the heroin until later in my addiction you know i kind of ran out of money and heroin was a lot cheaper than prescription medications but um you know the prescription maintenance drugs or you know even um you know for pain it's really over prescribed in the early 2000s so you know the big pharmaceutical companies were like it was candy where I was from. Um, and life for me, honestly, all my friends were, you know, pretty together. So, you know, I feel pretty blessed in the fact that, you know, I was always really taken care of. Uh, you know, I wasn't living on the streets or, you know, I had a pretty good life minus the heroin addiction. How could you afford it? How did you pay for this? Um, I mean, I, you know, had little jobs and I figured it out. I stayed with friends. I always had people that really, you know, cared and made sure that, you know, I was taking care of the process. I feel very fortunate. I just want to put contrast in here for anyone listening. So now Laura's running a, like, you know, million, multi million dollar detox clinic. And this is just worlds apart from taking drugs and living at friends and, and you know, not on the street, but. Not a childhood that is conducive with building a million dollar company. So, I've also heard a rumor that you had a gun pulled on you. That's also not normal for most people. Tell tell me about like what happened. Yeah, is that drug related? What happened with with that? Yeah, I mean, I had a few different guns pulled on me a few different times. I mean, mainly you know buying drugs on the street. I mean, that's problematic. So, um, I've had a few different incidents. Now, you speak about that like it's kind of, oh yeah, but at the time you fucking freaked out or was it just pretty normal or were you high and you didn't really know what was happening? I mean, I was high, it was traumatic, I've done a lot of work on it now to, you know, I did a lot of EMDR, intensive therapy, and I was pretty traumatized for, for years, but I also try to accept responsibility for my life and not be a victim for what happened to me because I so, you know, I'm grateful that I'm alive, that I made it through, but to dwell on that, you know, it's not really serving me right now. How long did it take you to shift from victim to responsibility? Because let's, I, I imagine when you took responsibility, that's also when you got clean. So, or, or did you take responsibility even during your days of being an addict? I, I did take responsibility say that she would come down and know that her wedding ring and all 
old TVs would be there. Now I might beg for $10 <laughs> and carry on, but you know, I somehow, you know, was able to pull through. But even even at my worst, I mean, I was choosing heroin. You know, it was it was a conscious choice that I wanted it. Yes, I was over 200 detoxes at home is that you like know, rehab I, detox same same I would just like kind of lock myself in a room and get sick for a week like I kind of just you know would come to terms with the fact that everything was out of control but I was a habitual relapser so it was professional it was like the never ending cycle it wasn't about stopping it was about staying clean you know I would stop all the time and what made it end when did that cycle when did you get clean I got clean, I had to do Ibogaine twice, so at 23, basically I was just a wreck, I was shooting heroin at that point, that's when I was shooting up, and at one point I just contacted my mother, and you know, I had known about Ibogaine for years, and it was kind of a point of contention in my family, and my mom was like, oh, you just, you know, want to take Ibogaine to get high, now for those of you that don't know, um, Ibogaine is an alkaloid from the Iboga shrub. And in Africa and Gabon, the Congo region, they use it as a rite of passage. So it does induce the 24 hour dreamlike state. So. Is that the, the Ibogaine that induces it? Or what's the plant that it's derived from? I began to 
you were 27? Uh, no, I was 23. 23, okay. Yeah. And um, Ibogaine works, so if you're actively addicted, within 45 minutes of taking it, it blocks the withdrawal symptoms. It also mitigates the cravings and desires to use afterwards for around one to three months, depending on how quickly you metabolize. And lastly, where it's amazing is that it eliminates the post-acute withdrawal symptoms, which is commonly referred to as PALS. PALS is the reason so many people relapse. It's the cravings and the depression where nothing makes you feel normal except doing the drug and getting high. So when you stop using on your own, you can go through PALS for up to two years. I began actually fast forwards that period of time. So your brain is basically functioning as if you had a year of sobriety, which gives you a solid chance to make it. So... So let me just get this straight. You, I don't naturally. Let's talk about you and your time there, and then move more onto the farm. Exactly. Yeah. So when I took ibogaine, it was honestly one of the most profound experiences. So my treatment, uh, I mean, it was difficult. I definitely did. And you have vision, so basically, you know, you're looking at what I'm doing. slowly from there uh, was, was able to develop more structures and healthy habits for myself and so like I know now you're um, like a huge part of the clinic that say you know potentially saved your life and you put a huge effort into making sure it is a holistic treatment it's not just come in you know take the medicine go home and figure it out like you really help these people integrate into life afterwards that's correct isn't it yeah, correct. Um, well, we have someone that does aftercare that, you know, we suggest that they work with. And, you know, we, we focus on yoga, meditation, breathing exercises, ones that are they're at our center. Uh, but typically our program is one week long, so it's not like a full rehab. But, um, yeah, it gives a, a solid foundation for sure. Cool. So let's, let's 
talk about how you came from that spot to being a part of Clear Skies. Like, from 27, you, you moved to California, yeah? You were clean, you had structure. At what stage did you realize you wanted to really help people through their addictions? Well, I mean, I became fascinated with me, as I said. Mexico to come say thank you and hello and just kind of check in and it kind of snowballed from there and you know I started working working for Clear Sky so I'm the one that people contact when they call and you know I help explain the treatment and get people set up to come down and you know talk and work with their families and you know it works because I've been through it you know so I can really have compassion for interesting when I go there because I've, I've talked to everybody on the phone and you know then to be able to meet them and see their faces and you know before and after treatment and just how it works it's magic and how it really works for addiction it's amazing so let's talk now about the plant because I'm sure everyone listening as well was like want to hear more about being in a dream state for 24 hours like that stuff is is Unless you're someone that takes drugs regularly, and even then, 24 hours in a dream state. Tell me everything you know about ibogaine and iboga. Um, that's really gonna. I like the science, but also just just fascinate me. Fascinate me, please. Okay, well, ibogaine is one of the alkaloids found. So you want to use ibogaine for addiction. Uh, when you take ibogaine. Different from a 
So you're watching it from a third party perspective, so you're not emotionally attached. So you can draw a clearer line of how things have unfolded the way they have. Um, a lot of people, you know, it's it's African medicine. So Oboga's from Africa. So a lot of people, you know, have visions of like the beginning of creation or Big Bang or, you know, lots of African tribal, uh, lots of family stuff can come up and um, yeah it's different for everyone I mean it's an intelligent plan it knows what you need to heal so everyone's going to have their own experience but there are some similarities in and what does it do chemically I mean you said it gets stored in the um, in the fat cells and it binds for receptors is there anything else you can tell me science based what it's doing well it resets your brain back to a and it also helps replenish destroyed and desensitize dopamine receptors in the brain. So let's say you're a chronic pain patient, you're prescribed painkillers. Yeah. So the more you take, the more depleted of dopamine you are. So the pain actually gets worse. So ibogaine actually replenishes the destroyed dopamine receptors. In 24 hours. Wow. And so this uh, medicine, I mean, is it, is it a drug? Is ibogaine like the drug? It's a medicine. Is it like it's legal? So is it available over the counter? How do? How does it happen? Okay, but Mexico, it's legal.
you can have a heart attack. And I, I have um, spoken to you before this interview, and you said that everyone is monitored for the whole time. They've got heart monitor. Like, tell me about yeah. the actual process for the patient. Well, one of the patients at our center, so during the treatment, um, our two MDs each take a 12-hour shift along with two RNs. The client wears an EKG the entire time. They have an IV in their arm for hydration, and we monitor their pulse. They're not left alone for even two seconds. So, Wow. Because I think a lot of people might think, oh plant and i'm glad you made the dissociation between like the ceremony version and the medical and so your center is like legit medical you've got they're hooked up to monitors the whole time everything is just and so why are there not more of these centers if they're so successful or is this a new thing i mean there are some for sure it's there's Hey, are you addicted to heroin? Do you want to come and how do how do is it how's it how does it grow? side of it being in because you know when when things like this become more mainstream it can often become more about the money and less about the care how do you see the future of of these clinics with the law with um the monetary side of it
and it's and it is heroin, alcohol, anything else, or is it mainly those two? What's your like hands-on like with the business? Um, are you yeah? What's your role there? I mean, well, I work with the clients directly, so and they call and inquire. And when they go home, um, I refer them to coaching or is that just chit chat making sure they're on the right track emotional coaching and also life I mean you know really helping them discover their long lost dreams long lost passions that got kicked to the back burner for drug addiction helping them reignite that fire and so what's next for you like we have I believe everybody needs to continue growing I truly believe that otherwise we just start to feel maybe bored unstimulated so what's what's next for Laura I mean she's been through a lot she's now helping and building this incredible business saving people's lives what's on the cards next for you have you got anything lined up Yeah. Right now, it's just trying to focus 
again? Is it bad? Like, is it um, is it on the black market, under the counter type things, or is it very well respected? Do the drug community know about it? Is it is it valuable? did if you did have children what what like nuggets of wisdom have you learned in your life that you would want to pass on and it's like three to five ideas sentences paragraphs would you pass on to your kids if you could only do like three to five what would they be that into steps how would you teach someone to be integral So, Laura, I mean, 
you're probably not like a big social media figure or anything like that but if people want to reach out to you about what it is you do maybe they know someone that needs help how can people get hold of you or get hold of the center to learn more about this okay well um we're on instagram so clear sky recovery and uh, if anyone wants to email direct uh, our email address they can reach it info at clear sky recovery cool and is there anything else that you want to add before we wrap this up that has addictions then 60 to 70 percent recovery rate and i know how um passionate you are about what you do i know how professional the facility is obviously i've spoken to you before this and you know i've spent some time with you um that's no joke and and i think you said like nine thousand us is just peanuts to change someone's life forever so if you're listening you know anyone please reach out to Laura and the team at Clear Sky is it Clear Sky Recovery? Yeah our website's www.clearskyrecovery.com Cool there it is Laura I hope this um, helps your mission because it's freaking inspiring and to know where you've come from is oh, it's just a, it's, it's, a, it's a beacon for so many other people in fact I know some other people that would probably like to interview you Well, Laura, thank you so much um, for being a guest here. You, you, you know, we get along well as friends. So I just want to say from a friendship point of view as well, thank you for coming on and, and sharing your story with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you.